Hello and welcome to Carbitrage Podcast, episode 85. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, sir. Hello, this is me and my two thumbs. <laughs> uh, I also have two thumbs and I believe eight other digits. And, and, yeah. if you listen to the last episode, yes, functioning internet. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. I had to restart it like I'm three proud times. of the little pink Acer, yeah, which a- has boot loop yes AC. Yes. According to the sticker. Yes, it's got AC power going to it. <laughs> and boot loop. Yep. It's like a fruit loop, but with boots. But with boots. Yep. Anyway. All right. <laughs> that was a good conversation. I am so excited that we were able to derail something immediately after adding it to the rails. Exactly. <laughs> just, just derailed it immensely, off the bat. Immensely proud. <laughs> well, why don't, why don't you keep going with this derailment and talk about some pre-war garbage? Yes. I want to talk about Hispania Sueza. Uh, thank you. The Spanish Suezo was, uh, it, that's, all right, you gotta get into the weeds because pre-war. Well, yeah, but it, we've talked whole, to Hispania Suezo before. They me? are very cool. I would put, if you're looking for like, the coolest pre-war brands, um, mm-hmm. I would say Bugatti, Duesenberg, Pierce Arrow, Hispania Suezo, and then probably, um, I think... Is far, mechanically, I would have to say probably either Dirac or um, uh, Dédian Bouton. But anyway. Dédian? Yeah. Now, kind of uh, most people. of those do not exist. Uh, they've made several attempts to bring back pre-war brands, and they've all gone terribly. The Stutz Blackhawks from the 70s were grotesque. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Every <laughs> attempt to bring back Duesenberg has been disgusting. Um, has it been... A doozy. Oh, <laughs> that's where that term came from, actually. Oh uh, my word! Yeah, it's a it's a doozy. I mean, it's a, it's, it's it's a Duesenberg. That's a doozy. Yeah. So, um, well, so that would mean it's bad then. Usually. Or complicated. Now, occasionally something goes right. Okay. Bugatti. Yeah. They brought back the EB110. They do. It was perfect. Which is perfect. It's almost automotive perfection. Yes. They brought back the Veyron, which is decent. Well, it, 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 technological it, showcase. Te- technologically, it's very important. Um, yes. Now it has a lot of cylinders. Uh, yes, and then again with Bugatti uh, Persang, which mm-hmm. is literally bringing them back in the most literal sense, making perfect reproduction cars. Um, now Hispanio Suiza, though they're mm-hmm. Spanish, um, but in 1926 or so, uh, they had this weird offshoot where they had a quasi on its own brand in France that was also called the Hispano Suiza. Weird. Yeah. So it was related to the company or it wasn't? It, they were the same companies, okay. but because of some weird law, they had to make two separate companies. <laughs> okay. Now, <laughs> this is where things wow. get a little into the weeds. Hispano Suiza obviously went out of business. They were like defunct even before. They were barely a thing by the time the recession, or not the recession, the depression happened. Like, they were that defunct by then. So, World War II, Hispania Suez was 100% not around. Okay. It was a car company. Um, but they made, like, when they were around, they made the biggest, best cars. Like, you could get a Rolls Royce or you could get a Hispania Suez. Now, when his- you say biggest, you phys- physically mean biggest, right? Physically okay. massive vehicles. <laughs> they had a two-door car that was, like, almost as long as a, like, 
almost it would fit within barely within the wheelbase of like a school bus, like huge, oh. like massive cars. Oh. <laughs> I hope the doors were proportionately long. No, it's a huge hood. Because they figured out hinges that could handle that kind of weight until like the two thousands. They were normal sized car doors. They just had a mile long hood. You know, like your <laughs> spare tire came with a came with a voitois. <laughs> like, what about um, was there like a spare engine in the back of the engine bay, and then your your real engines in the front? Or no, no, it's just a massive massive engine with a huge cooling system or is that where you picnic and then actually it was front midship too that they would mm-hmm. mount their engines too. so it's a performance car oh yeah really cool and actually it's, <laughs> it's, it's funny because like even though they're like these giant like 10 liter engines or whatever that made like 125 horsepower like when you drive them yeah they kind of drive almost like a modern car which <laughs> is huge like that's a big thing to say that's something from before did they have, like disc brakes or did they just no they had four-wheel drum brakes but they had a create the illusion they that had, something is higher no they, they had four-wheel drum brakes but they had power brakes okay that was that's based, really impressive it, it was, hydraulic um yes they were hydraulic and they were the power brakes are based on they didn't use vacuum pressure okay but rather they used a jack shaft that came off of the transmission mm-hmm. used the transmission pressure sure that- Re- that's interesting. Okay, yeah, so really, that's, really that's like Hydro cool. Boost, but it Kinda, doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not drawing the ATF from the power steering system. It's, it's drawing it from the trans. Yeah, exactly. That seems really, sketchy, really but okay, but sounds good. Anyway, that's the way it worked. Um, but like, yeah, when you when you would drive one, like when you compare it to a Rolls Royce, yeah. like today we think like Rolls Royce is like the best. It is. Not then. Right, Ro- but it Rolls, is today. Rolls Royce is like the the survivor. Like that's it. It's Rolls Royce is is the best in the sense that like. So why did Rolls survive in Espanol Suiza? It did not. Well, Rolls Royce were. They had a better reach in, into like the royal families and stuff. Okay. They give like huge discounts to people, but and plus the economy in England was significantly so better. They had a bigger Rolodex. Basically, they okay. had a bigger Rolodex. That was it. <laughs> uh, even though Espanol Suiza was a better car. It's one of those things like, um, you know how Saabs were technically better than like any other GM platform? Uh, yeah, they were. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hispanic Suiza was technically better than almost every European platform at that point in time. Yeah, I could see that. But they were just like not making money. And they couldn't. That's because they couldn't their cars re- cost too much to make? Yeah, and they, could, okay. they, could, they couldn't like get them rolled out fast enough. Mm-hmm. So that's it, a good problem to have other than the fact that it didn't work for them when they went no, bankrupt. Yes. <laughs> that's that the huge problem. I assume I, yeah, I don't actually, that know, is but. actually basically what happened is okay. they, the TLDRs, they went bankrupt. They went bankrupt. I do love TLDRs. Um, now fast forward to 2010. Okay. A company in Europe tried to make a Hispano Suiza car that was based off of a Audi R8. Um, now if you scroll down from the picture that's on the screen, okay. um, Oh my lanta. See what I mean? That was old. I feel like I have to do this again. Look at that orange one. <laughs> that's actually cool looking. <laughs> that's really cool looking. But see what I mean? Like they're front midship engines. That's, well, of course they are. The wheels are at the front of the car. That well, is the crumple zone. No, well, there aren't any crumple Well, zones. no, that's the thing. They didn't have to design it that way. They designed it that way so it could have the entire body sit lower. That's the one from 2010. Okay. Is R8 base car is it'd be like a million dollars. Nobody cared. Literally nobody, like people. It's, it's literally like a body kit on an R8. It, it sucks. Like, yeah. who, no, I'm not paying a million dollars. No. So that, that's not a good car. Now, 
Um, <laughs> it was around nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and nobody was all that interested. <laughs> this is Jason Torchin. <laughs> I love. I'm Jason. noticing the similarity between what you just said. Yeah, I love Jason Torchinsky's uh, designs. Now, so there was Don Damien uh, Matu, who is the original fancier that actually did it, um, and then Mark uh, Bergecht. <laughs> Um, yeah, that second name is not French, so I can't help you. Well, there it, it's Swiss, so yeah, but Spanish Swiss was a Damien Mathieu is like a that's much more romance than the yeah. angry Blitzkrieg language listed well, below it. Hispanic Swiss means Spanish Swiss because Spanish would be the guy right. who funded it. Swiss would be the person that designed it. Um, they apparently are going to be on the family of Don Damien Mathieu uh, has a uh, very uh, a concept car it's based off the dominant zinnia which is the car you see there uh also probably the single most beautiful pre-war car is the dominant zinnia that car shown right there um uh, it's probably the most proportionate it's when you see the i'm whole trying car, to be kind really cool. um it's not but working. anyway they're they're uh gonna be releasing a car now the nope. company that made that car Don from, yeah. or hispania suiza Don Damien Matu's family owns the rights to Hispano Suiza in Spain because of that weird thing where they had that split where they had the French Hispano Suiza and the real Hispano Suiza. Ah. Yeah. Now. Oh, no wonder that 2010 R8 thing was hideous. Yeah. Look who designed it. I know, but this is also the same guy that designed this one. This is the new one that's coming out. Yeah, I don't like this. Um. Erwin Himmel, which is very close to Heinrich Himmel and Erwin Rommel, so this guy's likely a Nazi, uh, is uh, helping the people that made the 2010 Hispanic Soys that nobody cared about, and they're trying to do it again. Does that say Mansuri? It's Mansuri. Okay, but it's not Mansuri. Not Mansuri. Okay, good. Um, so they're going to be trying to come out with this. So in Geneva this year, there's going to be two different competing Hispanic Suiza marks that both have perfectly perfect legal entitlement okay. to the name. Oh, and they're going to have geez. to duke it out and figure out who can win. This one looks R8 based. Uh, Again. I, I believe that the chassis is. Um, and yeah, the V10 drivetrans from the Lamborghini and everything. It's got a pair of electric turbo uh, compressor turbochargers on it. And they're using the original Stork um, hood ornament on the car, which is kind, nice. of, kind of cool. I uh, like that it's which, in the middle of the front grille because it's so huge. Well, the thing <laughs> is, so the Mansory is a, it's a word for Stork or a breed of Stork or something. Now, the thing is, when you look at that hood ornament coming out, it kind of looks like an erection peeking through a zipper when you see it like away from the car. Like, when you're up that Whoa. close, it looks... Kind of okay, almost. Are you talking about, like, is this, like, in dedication to Osiris? And it's also a stork, which it's is, like, stork, yeah. you know, what it is might, the stork? Might, uh, I think that might actually be because that would be of... Okay, so we went to the um, Sunken Cities exhibit at uh, MIA okay. uh, the other day, and um, there oh, was Magari. a room of Osiris, and all the pictures on it mm -hmm. had pictures of him with, like, a... Massive erection. You know what? That might be. He you might have proud. a point. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is a dedication to Osiris. It's and again, the massive erection that is the stork, which is a metaphor for childbearing. Yes. Yeah. And so, sorry, so it's not the Mansuri. It's the Megari. 
That's what that's what the new one is. Oh, I'll never forgive you for that one. I know, right? But so this hood ornament where they just Grill awkwardly ornament. awkwardly placed it. Uh, if you scroll down, I think they have a better picture of it from the front. It sticks out like it's, it's like a facsimile to... of a stork on the side. Yeah, it, and in the rear, I mean, it's a, I think it's a very pretty it design. Looks minus okay. minus the stork, I think it's really pretty. Uh, now, if maybe you try going up because there's a picture where you can clearly see the stork sticking out like an erection. Scroll up a little. I think it's the first image, maybe. Up all the way. One more. So if you, this is probably the best one. That stork like, st- sticks out like three inches. It's good for pedestrian safety. Yes. It's terror. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, it looks like I, it looks like the car's got an erection. That's I have something terrible. I need to add to the notes right now. Hold on one second. Talk amongst yourselves. But uh, I, uh, I, this is exactly what I mean. Every single time they try to bring back a pre-war mark, it almost always ends in failure. Because somebody goes, oh, this is a great design, and it's just two of the era. So you had, like, the 70s, like, uh, the Stutz Blackhawks, which just used the Stutz name, and then had, like, uh, basically a Pyant Grand Prix with a ridiculous body kit on it. Um, and then now we've got a supercar with an erection. So I just really hope that they sort that out before they actually make it. I just hope Val Kilmer is okay. Yeah, I want that to be a real thing. I want that car to come out, because I love Hispano Suiza. I think you like what the company used to be. I don't. Think I, that I don't. Is I don't what like that. Is. No, I. I, I don't right. like the way it is. I'm now. back to this. Sorry, I had to add another story because it's hilarious. The other thing with Hispano Suiza, like if they wanted to bring back Hispano Suiza in like the best way possible, instead of making some ridiculous supercar, make like it would be like a sedan EV. That's what I want. I don't. Okay, if you're bringing back an old car manufacturer yeah. marquee that was cool, don't build a two seat low selling sports car. Build it's a damn sedan. Well, you can build. What I would say is it'd be like a sedan that's got like uh, what was that car uh, Richard Hammond flipped over the which time the Remace. <laughs> oh yeah. You would yeah yeah do something like the Remace. Make it a four sedan. Make it like if it's interesting in technology, sure, okay. Make it like, like Fisker Karma level of like awesome design and luxury. I wish Karmas weren't so much. I'd buy one. Yeah, and that was the back. So that'd be kind of uh, the first gen ones. They're still t- way too expensive. Oh really? They're almost forty thousand dollars. Well, they have that new company that owns the the brand, and they're making them again. Yeah, and but, uh, that's cool. But the first gen one, I think, is that'd be a car. I'd, I'd probably say be a good investment once they go down a little bit more. Maybe. Once once they hit the teens, we'll see. Maybe but I'll anyway, get one of those someday. Um, no, they should, they should make something like a Fisker Karma with like a thousand horsepower electric engine motor, and like thank you. Yeah, and then you know what? Just to make it so it, it's got like unlimited range as well, put like a tiny little four cylinder engine in it or two cylinder engine okay. in it. I was that gonna just, say, I'm like that's pretty close to what the Fisker Karma's intent was. Originally. Yeah, but just make the most ridiculous overpowered electric car with unlimited range. Like that's limited range. That's you know, <laughs> limited power. Like, like eight hundred miles or whatever the <laughs> sure. hell. Like something ridiculous. Whatever the a range number is. where you stop thinking about it. Exactly. Yes. Okay. That's what a Hispano Suiza should be. And then also, may, I'm all for that because I love electrified things and all that. One more thing they should do is with the factory bodywork, have the chassis be able to support coach building. That would be cool. But are there even any coach builders yes, left? Yes, there are, actually. Okay. Uh, there's uh, quite a few. Touring's still around, and Pininfarina is technically a coach builder. Huh. Um, 
a lot of the okay yeah there's still a lot of them around. oh zagato zagato still a coach yep, builder zagato still around would uh, Alpina count uh it's in house mm, but that's yeah like kind of yeah that, that's that's a little bit different because they're not building like full custom bodies or anything okay, just wondering. but no that's that's a good that's a good point to raise are we gonna bring back the cars that are convertible in the front and sedan in the back can we yes, really please. that'd be rad perfect chauffeur <laughs> cars that. like where you just leave your chauffeur out in the rain yep. Just because you're that Just to rich. show people how yeah. badass you are and how above them yeah. you oh. feel yourselves to be. I love um, that. Yeah. Because, oh, <laughs> like, you know, then you can have the people in the front that, like, really like convertibles and then my pale-ass yeah. self can sit in the back and not get sunburned. Yeah, that's actually, it's a really <laughs> good design. Like, if you, if you have, like, your wife that does not want your convertible i want like, to see a drive shaft out of one of these they're a mile long i know i, I want to see one i think they're only like one or two piece and it's just ridiculous <laughs> if that was a one piece god that'd be amazing that'd be hilarious oh so and good i i have to say it because there's a chance it might have been like you just with how ridiculous pre-war cars are like they never said that something was a bad idea they just did it and they figured out if it was a bad idea afterwards like that's what i love about them it's just the, the weirdest stuff. What are we going to do for drive shafts? We've got these oiling pump shafts from these old airplane engines. Perfect. Can we just get some collars and put four of those together? Cool. Yeah. What, what's, the, what's the wheelbase <laughs> in our car going to be? Well, we designed it to 200 be... 200 inches. We designed it to be 200 inches. However, this drive shaft itself is 200 inches. we got to put that in the back of the transmission, so it's actually be about 325 inches. <laughs> so we're going to put a convertible in the front and a sedan in the back. Yeah, and there's going to be an apartment building in the middle. Because... <laughs> <laughs> You gotta have to rent out some space a to pay for this gas. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But. Let's see what we got going on next here. Uh, oh, it's me. Of course. Yeah. Derp. So okay. Back when carbitrage was still a motor cult. Hey, we talked. One second. We didn't talk about beer. Oh shoot. Um, I have. I've been waiting to open this. Oh, well, let me let me turn on. Actually, I haven't even turned this on yet. It's perfect. There we go. I have a Wooden Hill Saison called uh, French River. Wooden Hill is a local brewery. I um, wish it was written in French. That would be very cool. But the owner's <laughs> a really cool guy. Olivier um, Francaise. The owner of Wooden Hill is a Tesla guy's enthusiast. He's not just nice. like a... He's not one of the guys who's just like, oh, I love a Tesla. <laughs> he actually like thinks... I like, like these. Yeah. yeah. I've had their beer. It's all really good. Yeah. Um, uh, they go to that Bloomington car meet at the, at the ski thing. Highland, yeah. Yeah, Highland, yeah. Yeah, my... Uh, cousin's husband runs that and has the relationship with these guys so i talked to them they're they're super cool we should have him on the podcast we should i I grab hopefully grab if he's a car guy i have his business card in my pocket right now email him i will all right well i'm opening this up all right beauty Mm. beauty that is the carbitrage i know and love This is turning into like an ASMR podcast when we do the uh, <laughs> when we do the beer opening. It's Delicious. Like... Yeah. We're gonna get some amaranth <laughs> followers now. It's gonna be perfect. Yeah, you better no. pull your tits out then. This oh, is, sorry. Yeah, I need to wear delicious. a lower cut shirt. And then become a. a Can we turn down my gain so I, you don't oh. have to hear me actually sipping my beer? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I did that now. I, I'm not a bright man. Anyway, how was the beer? Delicious. Oh, it's, perfect. It's a wooden hill. Excellent. It's, Good. I'm glad. They, they they don't make bad beer. So. I, I haven't had any that are bad. I'm sure that every brewery's got their wet blanket. That's true. Well, I mean, even their IPA, the typical wet blanket's fine. 
what was that IPA that we had like two months ago? That, that was, was actually super really, good. really good because it didn't have the batteries in it. Uh, I like that term. It didn't have the batteries in it. I know. Seriously. I, I brought it, didn't I? don't I? know. Yeah, you did. Um, well, I mean, yeah, you, you would know the terminology better than I do on was what it, that exactly was is. That, uh, was it Abel? Uh, blue, it might have been. Blue can? It was in a, a squealer or whatever that is, or a crawler. Um, I'm struggling. That was really good, though. Yeah, I think it, no, it was them. Yeah, white and black it, can. It, I yeah, think. what? Yeah. No, white and black. Mm-hmm. Mm, that wasn't them because all theirs are orange and white. Oh no, it wasn't them then. You know what we could do? Yeah, is go back and listen to past episodes. Until we you could. Find it. We should encourage people to do that. We should have <laughs> them do that. And in fact, they should. It, we could actually have it written down. And, and if you board. ever listen to an old episode of Carbotrage and it says motor cult, that's just you know just ignore that. This is, the motor call is a weird pronunciation of carbitrage. Yeah, I think we were just... Motor call's actually spelled C-A-R-B-I-T-R-A-G-E. Yeah, it is. Carbitrage. Uh, anyway, let's talk about your thing. Sounds good. Now that we have uh, gotten the beer out of the way, um, back when carbitrage was spelled motor cult, uh, we talked briefly about uh, Chevy killing a lot of its domestic car production, as well as a lot of factories. Uh, and along with that, Tesla buying the manufacturing productivity stuff for its uh, Volt line, which it was going to be shutting down. Well, I'm sad to announce that the end of the Chevy Volt uh, has just arrived. They have finally stopped making that car. It's actually a pretty good machine, so it's one of the better cars that GM made. But it's news, nonetheless, so the second-gen <laughs> Volt wasn't around that long. It is now completely dead. I don't actually know if Tesla bought the factory. I Hopefully they did. I imagine they're shutting down because Mary Barra hates good PR. So probably, although Tesla's firing a bunch of people now too, so maybe they won't even buy this this factory. But anyway, I'm sad. I like electric cars, so this one was a, too. a pretty decent one, even Go. though it's a PHEV. But it don't gets... don't worry, the Honda Clarity still exists, and it has a beautiful car. And the Hyundai Ionic plug-in hybrid also another does. gorgeous car. Beautiful. Yeah. So we've solved all are... the problems by these going away. Yeah, and you know what? Hyundai and uh, uh, Honda are both significantly better brands. And they both have an H in their logo. Yes. That's better. Yeah. All so, right. yeah, I think on that bombshell, bye-bye Bolt, Hello Clarity, and or Ionic. Yes. That and is a Kona thing. EV or something. I don't know. Just fine electric car. That is a real-life thing. <laughs> so, as we mentioned last uh, episode, the Nissan GTR is officially 50 years old as of last week. Happy birthday, GTR. Yay. Happy birthday. Everybody should be happy. Um, so I'm not going to go over the entire history of it because that's going to—that's a thing. And we're going to be covering history of another fairly wide uh, scoping model just after that. So. Yes. So um, well, not just after. I mean, I'll start out with some things. Uh, It's—it uh, was first kind of released to the public. BRB. Yep. It was. Uh, it was first released to public uh, February 21st, 1969. <laughs> Yes, that was 50 years ago and is a pun, apparently. Oh, my God, it's 69. <sighs> All right. Anyway, um, so the GTR was was not Nissan's first racing Skyline. That goes way back to, like, the Skyline Sports of the 50s. Um, however, its immediate predecessor was the S54 uh, Skyline uh, 2000 GT, which was a four-cylinder Skyline of the generation prior but that had the front end extended to fit a nissan gloria six-cylinder engine into it um those were uh, the actual like 
everybody's betting like this car is obviously going to win the Japan Grand Prix in 1964. Um, ended up not. It got second because some asshole privately entered a Porsche 908, oh. which was a purpose-built Le Mans race car at the time. It was the fastest Porsche you could get. And, yeah, dusted the field. Except uh, there is one car that was able to actually keep up with it uh, and not only keep up with it, actually uh, pull, pull in front of it uh, for a short period of time. So who was the David in this Goliath race? Uh, the David would be the Skyline. Yeah, I know. I was trying to just make yes. you say that, though. Um, but it was, uh, I believe, the race car driver, Tetsu Izakawa, uh, was able to take a production sedan with an inline six stuck under the hood of it. Which inline six? L twenty eight? No, it was way before that. Okay. It was just it was the inline six. Uh, it was a G seven inline six okay. from a uh, Nissan Prince Gloria. Is, I guess it'd be a Prince Gloria. Is that more similar to what uh, uh, Mister Hawkyard's wagon has? I mean, I know that was a British car, but yes, if you're trying to think about that's what probably it like a side like, valve, yeah, straight yeah, six, yeah, so yep, the... that's exactly what it is. it's not side valve, but uh, re- reverse flow cylinder head. So reverse flow means that so a cross flow so cylinder it's cam head? and block. Yeah, I know, but well, like you, you can you do reverse flow with overhead cam? Yes. Oh, yeah. Ooh, so you put. Okay. It's really weird because oh, I suppose you'd yeah, just be running it through the head a lot more. Yep. So the intake valve is on the far side, and it's just yeah. And okay. the reason you would do it, the logic behind that is that um, it helps stabilize the intake temperature, so you can tune the carbs Probably a little bit better. Probably air cools the cylinder head a fair bit too, actually. Yep. And your distributor can be on the other side away from heat. I think that is just a, a marketing wanketeer thing where they like couldn't quite put out a crossflow cylinder head in time, and they were just like researching the no, I mean, things they, that could they, be construed. They as had benefits. a crossflow cylinder head that they made for other cars. All right, like, but the tech probably wasn't there to make it good. No, I mean it was fine and all, but the, the, one of the issues was heat soaking with the distributor. Huh. With well, I suppose was size. it a points ignition? Yeah. There you go. All right, so I get it now. Um, <laughs> Those things are more fragile than paper. Exactly. So anyway, they uh, for Burger Free because they were out uh, using the Lou uh, TLDR Nissan sticks a six-cylinder engine to a production sedan, and because the sedan was so well designed, it was able to actually pull ahead of a purpose-built uh, Porsche race car and keep the lead for a few. And laps. how did how did Porsche feel about that? Oh, they were absolutely ass mad. That's what they get for sneaking into this race. <laughs> well, the, to be fair, Porsche didn't enter as a guy that bought a Porsche and entered it because he's just some rich Japanese guy. I know, and that's what he got for sneaking in. <laughs> that's true. Um, but the, the thing is, is that Skyline held second through fifth place. Every single Skyline finished the race, and every single one finished right behind one another. Uh, so it was like a one, two, three victory for the Skylines? No, it was two through five victory okay. with the Porsche in first place. Uh, of course. But that's the thing is that Port that was a totally unfair race because that Porsche was so far well, out of class. Yeah, I was gonna say that is a completely different class of vehicle. That's but like it was like going to a BMW two thousand two vintage race and showing up on a seven six seven Mazda. It's literally it. <clears throat> that that's exactly what they did. Or and then a five ten keeping up. <laughs> Actually, I guess, I guess I guess more more it, more accurately, it'd be like a BMW M one in a race of two thousand twos and five tens. Okay, there you go. And all the two thousand twos keep up to the M one. <laughs> like it would be something like that, or all the five tens keep up to the M one. Right. It'd be something like that. 
Um, <laughs> Which I suppose if you had a tight enough technical enough track, you might have that happen. Well, the the reason that the car was able to do that was uh, just because it was weirdly balanced with the amount of power to weight ratio, the power to weight ratio, the fuel economy of the vehicle, the reliability of it. Because a lot of the other cars were dropping out left and right because they had like dual red cam, dual red cam engines. And, well, it's just a lot like, more just technology. Just like all this tech that wasn't working out, and just like Nissan's, like this is all production stuff. <laughs> like we didn't the, do anything. This, we just pulled this engine out of a car in we, the uh, parking lot. Yeah, we got to put this engine back like tomorrow because our janitor's <laughs> Gloria does not run, <laughs> and he needs to go to work. So don't blow it up. Yeah, but. yeah, our toilets are gonna overflow if he's not there. Like we need to get this sorted out. Anyway, we so, keep. We do digressions like that all the time, but I, I swear something like that actually probably happened. Yeah, I'm confident of it. Um, so, uh, anyway, the car was sort of redundant in the, in its lineup, okay. the Skyline, because Nissan really wanted to kill it because they already had the Nissan Laurel at that point in time. What was the Laurel? It was Nissan's mid-size sedan okay. at that point in time. Um, so, the Laurel and the Skyline were kind of selling side-by-side, and... Nice, the Skyline came from this other company called Prince, which was a higher spec company. Uh, they were more Prince is closer to like a Lincoln or a Cadillac for Japan, as opposed to Nissan, which was more of a Ford or a Chevy. Okay, um, it was just like kind of like a cheaper car. Uh, so yeah, pr- the Prince guys refused to drop the Skyline, and they were like, "All right, fine, whatever." To keep we're poised more out, we'll keep the Skyline selling. Um, good, because it's a much better name. Oh, it's a way better name. Yeah. Although Gloria is a pretty good name, too. And Laurel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm resting on my Laurel. Well, not only that, they also had a car called a Cedric as well. So all their cars are just names. <laughs> uh, but is anyway, Cedric an entertainer? No. Um, it was Cedric. Did he based... die in a Triwizard tournament? <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> I made that same joke to them as well. Oh, no, it was another. You guys are the worst. That, w- that was the vice president of Nissan's favorite uh, play was uh, had a character whose first name was Cedric, so they named it Cedric. I think that's like the origin of the name. Is a really, I think all really JDM cars play. come from plays. It's Nissan for sure. That was huge. Like he just he like goes out the night before to whatever the Broadway equivalent of Japan is, and then. New product announcement in the morning. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where the Laurel name came from, too. Because <laughs> <Like, laughs> we'll talk about another so one later when, in the episode. When is the Nissan Othello coming out? I know, right? <laughs> I want the Dotson West Side Story, please. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Blow jobs. Um, blow jobs. Anyway, so... Pretty good. They, that, that Skyline was well and good, and it kicked ass throughout the 60s. Uh, where the GTR came in was the next generation after that. Godzilla! Um, because Nissan had barely beat, been barely beaten out by the 908, Nissan ended up making the R380, which was their race car we talked about with the G, with the great engine in it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> if you yeah, please listen, keep going. If yes. you didn't listen to the last uh, episode, GR8, it was engine code, which pronounces phonetically to great. Great. Um, Actually, it's Frosted Flakes, I believe, yes. is what that engine was. Anyway. So the GR8 had a uh, four-valve per cylinder, triple carburetor, twin cam engine in it. Uh, they base they scaled that down to be a two-liter engine um, that was found in the GTR. Uh, with that, uh, the the R380 when it came out in '66, um, that engine 
was placed third in the Japan Grand Prix. And that's the two liter with the six and a half quart sump or whatever. The, we're getting to that one. Oh. That that that's the S twenty. Um. So anyway, uh, the GTR was announced with that uh, that S twenty like two weeks after they announced the Skyline two thousand GTS, the home legation oh, version of that, that car. car. Gives me. So many good feelings. The Skyline 2000 GT, the the Skyline with the Gloria engine, they oh. put that into production because they had to homologate it. Okay, yeah, I'm weeks, retarded. I was thinking of the Toyota 2000 GT. That's right, uh, but yeah, like um, two weeks later, after they do that, they announce the GTR based off the new style of Skyline. Oh, yeah. So how rare are those Nissan 2000 GTs or whatever then? Super rare. I really want one. They're super cool. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even care about that one. I just want an S54 Skyline. I think it's one of the prettiest Skylines S54 ever. S54 powered Skyline? No, S, it, it's even better. Ah, S54 and an S54. There you go. There, yeah. Um, but anyway. What an inception. When the GTR came out, uh, it was the first chassis code was the C10 generation. Okay. They'd, Not an S10. No, the C10, yeah. <laughs> it was a two-wheel drive 10. Um, now, uh, it was also third generation. C would be third generation. 10 is the first variant of that. Um, now, so they had different they had different codes for it. Um, they had the, the GC10, which was like the sedan, the commercial variant, which is the VC10, the estate, which is the WC10, now, when Why they, would they do it with letters? That's now, so confusing. Now, now, this is where it gets clever. Remember, remember that Prince designed all their racing engines at that point in time? And they made the R380? Yeah. And all the Prince engineers felt like that they were really loyal to the Prince brand. And when Nissan bought them out, they kind of washed the brand out of existence. Whenever mm. you say Prince, I, I just get purple rain. Yeah. I'm thinking of the guy that lived like yeah. two blocks away from here. Um, <laughs> When they made the GTR, the chassis code was PGC10. P. Prince. Was for Prince. <laughs> so ah, make, to make sure. That, I got to it. Make I'm sure, not all that slow. Yeah, to make sure that they're, they existed forever. Anyway, <laughs> that car went on to win freaking everything. It became like the coolest thing in the world. Everybody thinks of the C10 Skylines for the coupes, even though the coupes didn't come out till the seventies. Mm-hmm. There are two years of sedans winning everything. Cause sedans are better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually. Uh, that's, they, just, they, that's a fact. I mean, um, the first 36 of the 50 victories that the C10 Skyline had mm-hmm. were from sedans. I see. That's, that is my kind of history right yeah, there. It's a super cool car. Like if you had come in, to the beginning of this episode saying, like, Hispano Suezo was a car company sorry, that only made four-door vehicles, yeah. I would have been like, I'm totally okay with pre-war. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. But, um, yeah, so I thought it was, it was super cool. Also, 50 victories not being raced in Europe, just in Asia. In how many races? Like, it wasn't all of them, but 50 victories between 1968 and 1971. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's an that's amazing Especially if it's in category. one series. It's, it was in a few different, but like those are just professionally entered. If you include privateer mm-hmm. races, you're probably well over 100. Like That's just what Nissan themselves was that, And that was the sedans? That was the sedans and the coupes. Oh, yes. That did the 70s. But, oh, coupes. Well, well of, sorry, 50, but over half of them were from sedans. Yeah. Like, so sedans yeah, 35 of 50 
were from sedans. I like that's that. awesome. That's a good fact. Yeah, that's a great fact. Anyway, they made a second generation of the original Skywind at the S20, the C110. My personal favorite. Um, it looked amazing, the Ken Murray Skyline. Uh, however, they debuted it in 19, late 1972, 1973. The oil crisis happens. Uh, and then they made 193 of them, and they had to discontinue the GTR because of the oil crisis. After 193 examples. Yeah. The C110s are... I've never seen a C110 GTR in my life. That, that kind of rarity is like R63 AMG rare. Yeah, I've seen three Hakoska GTRs. I've never seen one Kenmer... I can't even think of a Kenmuri GTR in America. That's how rare they are. I don't hmm. think there are any in America. It's far too nationalist, that car's pride. Yeah, oh, super <laughs> nationalist. Anyway, the car came back in the, <clears throat> in the late 80s and has kicked ass ever since, more or less. So... That's kind of where we're at on it. I may go way more in depth when we do a Skyline episode. Yeah, I kind of I figured. Just, I just wanted to kind of. I just want to put my favorite out there before we cancel this whole thing out and go to the next story, which is the uh, the best one is the R33 Tommy Kyara. Those are Tommy Kyara. Yeah. Those are great. Actually, I like the um, the R31 Tommy Kyras were really cool. Even one. though those weren't GTRs proper, they mm-hmm. were GTSRs. But we'll get into that in the Skyline yep. episode. Yeah, I won't touch um, on that too much. But those ones are really cool because that was an NA. Those uh, ones, that really? Was, sorry, those were Thank NA you. inline sixes that made like 200 horsepower. <laughs> Pretty cool. For the day, that is a lot of and power. For, like, Even if it was 80s, like a nine liter six cylinder, that still would have been mid, pretty impressive. Yeah, this is the mid 80s. It was a two liter. It was well, we, cool. we go back and watch old uh, motor weeks or whatever, and they're like, they're talking about you know 3.1, 3.3, 3.8, four liter engines. And they're making like 125, 130 <laughs> yeah. horsepower, and people are like, "Dang, nice." Well, the, I'm like, "No, how is that? That's the, horrible." The V6, uh, V20 Camry with the manual transmission, and you could get like 165 horsepower. And at and some point, when we do the Camry episode, we'll talk about that because it the, blew everybody's mind. The yeah, the two VZFE. Was one of the first power dense production V6s. Yeah, it's really it was, cool. It, it was like 188 horsepower. Yeah, two it, and a half. And nobody V6. talks about it. Nobody talks about it at all. And every single one of them that's ever been created was either killed for reasons that it wasn't its fault. Yeah. And that's it. That was it. That's yeah, it. it's just they were or beaten still to, exists. They were beaten to submission. <laughs> like, was or it. just scrapped in a car that had too much rust. Now, I want to talk about something that is a six cylinder. Times two. Okay. So give me something about a V12. I like them. There are three of them in this here airspace that we're in. Yes, there are. And what I like about those is those are all Mercedes V12s, which is like... <clears throat> one of if, them is. If you are building... I guess one of them is. <laughs> if, if you are building a supercar, mm-hmm. it's like when you build a muscle car and you just default to an LS. Yeah. That's like the LS of supercars, is yeah. the Mercedes V12. I, I mean, especially, like, you've got, behind us, the Murcielago. That's got the Bizzarini V12. That is the small block of Italy. Yes. For, like, the 50 years prior to that car. Yeah. you got the M120 and the Mercedes you beneath us. you got a great us. selection of V12s. That's, I mean, that's the V12. I mean, that's the first ever high-feature 4-cam V12. Production V12, like yeah. ever. And you got your BMW. And then we got the, the M70, which is a really early technological showcase, but really low tech. You need to get yourself a Colombo V12 and something. They're, you mean a 456 GT? No, shoot, those are the later ones. Colombos are the early ones. Um, yeah, just find, like, there's got to be a, like, a, a 400i. Rel- <laughs> yes. Are those Colombos? Yes, I think they are. They are. I don't really want a 400i, though. You own 
almost all of the great V12s, yeah. that's the one you're missing. I, I, I agree. Can I just buy a Columbo engine and put it on a stand? Why don't you okay? buy a 400i? Give me the chassis and you no, take the No, I engine. don't want a 400i. No, you just take the engine out of it. Yeah, but I would pay more for it that way, probably. Well, maybe no, I, that would probably be cheaper than just the engine. Well, if you stumble upon any really crappy-ass 400i's with like a bunch of problems, let me know. Yeah, because I really want the chassis of that That's car, fine. and I do not want that engine. We'll have to I have a, fo- a 400i challenge. I want to have a 400i. I want to stick an LS into it just so I can drive around a 400i because I love the body in that car, and I don't care about the engine. I, honey, I'm... What? I, I got to know. What? No, if... So my sister came know. up with an important question. Is this the same one that locked herself in a car? Yes. She's obviously going to get Yaris. a new car. She's asking Scion or Yaris. And I'm Yaris. like, they're both Toyotas, so you should be Yaris. fine. Unless it's a first-gen XB, get a Yaris. Yeah. And it has to so be made. I asked her which Scion. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, V12s, yeah. Sorry. They're like the, the small block engine of the rest of the world because they couldn't make their V8s power dense enough or cheap enough to be small blocks. So really, you're going to do an engine swap on the rest of the world and you don't have a small block Chevy. You just go for the most powerful thing you can find in a cheap old car. It's probably it's a Mercedes V12. V12 yeah. Right. So... On that note, the M120 and the SL600 beneath us is the predecessor to not only the Pagani Zonda. Actually, it is the Pagani yeah, Zonda engine. Yeah, that's the Zonda Not engine. even the predecessor. <laughs> it's the predecessor to the 6-liter uh, twin-turbo 65 AMG engine that we've seen since 2005. Yes. Mercedes, this year, this coming year, is finally ending production of the 65 V12. I'm blaming Volkswagen. Why? I mean, I yeah, I'm on board, but like, why? <laughs> I'm blaming Volkswagen because their stupid <clears throat> Dieselgate bullshit put the eye of the public on cars with high emissions, and because of that, we're getting rid of all these really cool things that we otherwise could enjoy. So fuck you, Volkswagen, and I hate you. Anyway, moving on. And honestly, I, I should say this might just be in the S class, but that means it's on its way out in all the models. Because if I scroll down to another Jalopnik article in this Jalopnik article, it's AMG can't make enough silly fast 620 horsepower V12s. So people are still buying out of these things. Oh. But, I mean, if they're taking it out of one of their high-volume 65 models, I'm still worried. Well, that is a good point. Now, I will say Chevy did discontinue the 454 V8 for Mm -hmm. a while. They did. And they continued to make them as crate engines. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe... Oh, they'll still send these to Pagani for the wire. As, as I say, that, that this will probably be produced as a crate engine. However, during that time, there was like zero technological development. All the technological development was in the aftermarket. That's okay, because this is have, still an all-aluminum twin-turbo V12 that makes more power than the transmissions can hold. Yeah. So, so. It's, it's not really an issue that they need to figure out with the engine. It's they need to make more, better transmissions. Why can't you just put power glide behind it? You could. Yeah, just do and that. Honestly, that would be a perfect fit for that engine's power delivery. Yeah, because it, it that's got like a power band that's about that big. No, it's it's massive. I thought it was a really tiny power band. Is no, it's it? got teeny tiny turbos, so the power oh, is okay. everywhere. There you go. I, I didn't realize how small the turbos were on that until somebody like put one on something that wasn't that car. And you're like, that's. <laughs> I'm just really like, strong. ooh, ooh, I see. <laughs> that is way smaller than the turbo I, would, I have on Brexit. <clears throat> I would love to see one of those. Uh, one of those engines with properly sized turbos. Yeah, I, I'm, again, back to the transmission. Bit of a problem. But is, is that why? Uh, so, 1320 video a while back went to Germany for yeah. like mild or for standing mile drag racing. Yeah. Or whatever kilometer it would be. And thousand, all thousand the meters. German cars are slow as shit. Like they were getting really excited about going 186 miles an hour. Is that why? Because the transmissions and they just like maybe. I mean. Uh, 
Yeah, America, we've got the things like Power Glide, and we've got the, I totally blank on the name every time, but it's the it's a manual transmission, which is Planetaries, but you, it's oh, a the Lenko, ma- the Lenko. The Lenko, yeah. Yeah, so we have things like that, which are like, just like you just pick how much power you're going to make, and they'll just make you one that handles it. Yeah, but so I mean, it's not like, a problem. There's but other... like, you're, yeah, you're limited to, I mean, this transmission, sorry, this engine, famously, famously limits its transmissions pretty much to 1,000 newton meters, which is 738 foot-pounds. Yeah. Just for various reasons, that's all either the transmission or the drive shaft or the differential or, like, the tires can take. So maybe that's a thing. They just they don't mini-tub their S-classes and put 9-inch Ford rears and Hoosiers under them with a power glide. That's probably it. Yeah. I think that's probably it. Yeah. Because It's yeah. probably the tube, honestly. They probably just aren't allowed to do hood rat things like that over That's there. Probably very true. Well, I've seen some weird shit like all-wheel drive swaps and like Seat Leones and, and stuff. like what about the twin VR6 Lupos and things like that? I yeah, mean, like yeah, you can totally do that. It's just like I, I don't know. But I don't know. I things mean, things like that are why Germany lost World War II. <laughs> they have all the technology and they don't choose to use it properly. <laughs> I mean, I, I have, I can't fault you there. That's well, okay. the Tiger tanks weren't terribly reliable, <laughs> and neither is the two-liter turbo. <laughs> God. <laughs> I really hope that's the first time those things have ever been equated. <laughs> <clears throat> and then, oh, geez. Before we get to finishing out the Z car, I do want to touch on one more thing, which we looked at last night, which is hilarious. Oh, I saw this, yeah. Oh, it's <laughs> <Just> so good. <laughs> breaks the guy in half. <laughs> so uh, the IIHS Insurance Institute for Highway Safety tested uh, forward automatic braking for a few vehicles. Uh, I think it was the Super Forester, the Honda CRV, the BMW X1, and the Volvo XC40. This guy looks like he sleeps in that dress shirt. Uh, he looks like he has a lot of cheese pizza on his computer. Yeah. Yeah, so that's not good. Of all sorts. Yeah, not good. So we see here, uh, what car is that? The Subaru? Subaru. Stopping, no problem. We see yeah, this. That's the Honda. The Honda kind of bumped into them, but stopped. On its own. I like that it stopped and then it started going again. And it right. Again. Like, is the pedestrian going to move? Does it honk the horn at least? No. I, it should auto honk. Here's the, yeah, okay, so here's the Subaru stopping in plenty of time. Uh, at, with that kid could fall over and not hit the car. Right. <laughs> like, that Subaru kicked ass. Say what you will about Subaru. They, they do a few things the, like Yeah, really, the really eye, well. what, what do they call that system? The eye? Um, eyesight. Eyesight. Thank Not to you, be confused with one the... European Subaru car salesman. I remember. Here's the Forester. There's the Rav Four, and there's the XC40. They all stop for this mythical pedestrian. Ex- oh, Mitsubishi. oh, Mitsubishi Outlander not doing so well. Wow, shocking, Mitsubishi. <laughs> <laughs> and then here's the BMW X1. <laughs> Doesn't even attempt. Yeah, gonna hit him anyway. Wow. <laughs> Even so, BMW AI drivers drive like assholes. Yep. <laughs> maybe it actually, maybe it I thought it was gonna flash away. the brights, accelerate, and flip the bird out the window. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, there, there's that. I, I thought that was worth dropping in. Well, on that bombshell, right. I'm going to finally talk about the Z car because I got my notes. I was trying to stall last episode while my notes were loading up, and they freaking wouldn't. Anyway, um. The S30 that we all know and love, the real Z cars, the 240, 260, 280Zs. Sorry, I hit my Girl Scout cookies. Um, I guess those, those were around um, from 1969 to <laughs> about 1978 in one, one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, however, to really talk about that, 
we have to go back to the car before it, which was the Datsun Fairlady sports car, the sports 2000, 2000 stuff like that. Um, and then to go talk about that, we have to talk about the DC-3, which was a 1950s... Isn't that an airplane? Yes. Annoyingly enough, and it makes it impossible to find decent pictures of this car. <laughs> um, so I wanted to write an article... I'm guessing they made a lot more of the aircraft ones. Yeah, they did. Okay. I tried to write an article about it on Japanese nostalgia car. I threw my hands in the air because I got so frustrated trying to find photos. <laughs> they made 50 of them in the year 1952 only. Oh, my. However, that car and the Datsun Sports uh, convertible of the 60s... Okay, were... let me... Give me the most... Uh... The, the closest lineage car that predated the 240Z. I'm going to pull up a picture. I'm getting to it. Uh, Those, yeah, but we keep... I've got to give them something. G- give me one second. Okay, fine. The DC3 and the, the Datsun Sports car were both designed by Yuichi Oda. Okay. Yuichi Oda was a... Uh, he worked for a car company called Oda back in... I wonder where he got the name. Yeah, I know, right? He owned him and his brother owned a car company uh, called Oda back prior to World War II. I'm sensing some nepotism. And prior to World War II, they were Nissan's only competitor at Tamagawa Speedway, Japan's first racetrack. Okay. So the only competitor. Uh, yeah, because everybody else. I'm guessing it, their factory sponsored series went really well for them. Well, no, it wasn't a factory sponsored series. That's why. Like, no, they, the factories didn't get any sponsorship whatsoever. Yeah, but if you're the only manufacturer making a car... Well, no, there, there, were, there were more, but, oh. like, if, if, as far as purpose-built race cars go. Okay. Like, it was Oda and Nissan. Um, and then, it uh, like, Suichiro Honda raced there at Tamagawa Speedway, but he had, like, a custom one-off aero car that he made with, like, a Curtis airplane engine in it, and it was based on a Ford Model T. That sounds... Lively, yeah. Uh, if you want to look up uh, the uh, Suichiro Honda Hamamatsu special, how do you spell Hamamatsu? H A M A M A T S U special. No, not Jama. Hama. Uh, oh yeah, it's right there. Google okay. knows me. It's okay. Uh oh, fuck. Uh, look up uh, Suichiro Honda. Here, this is cool. Yeah, but that's not it. Look up Suitro Honda's uh, race car. Cool. Anyway. Uh, I'll just leave this up until you give me the predecessor to the T40. Anyway, so <laughs> after uh, after um, World War II, Tamagawa Speedway is this weird thing. They tried super hard to make it work. It was really, really cool. Did not take off because by the time they finally actually got some racing happening, mm-hmm. it was like 1937. That's still pretty early. They invaded China in 1938. Yeah, no, great. But once they invaded China, they literally every single car manufacturer only could make trucks for the military, and everything that they made was had to be military. Wartime effort sounds so boring. I know, and so funny enough, um, Tamagawa Speedway. They I keep tried, thinking you're saying Tamagotchi. Yeah, Tamagawa oh. Speedway. <laughs> they were uh, they were trying to make a. Um, they're trying to say like, oh no, our cars that we're racing are actually like it's for the military because we're making a more efficient engine. Very clever, because that's what that's what Germany was doing at sure. the time. Yeah. Um, well, and uh, not just Germany. I mean, the UK and even the United States. So if you can look up the Datsun Type Eleven Roadster, I can. Datsun Type that Eleven Roadster. That was road. their road equivalent of oh. their race car. Uh, 
It is extremely pre-war looking. Wow. Yeah. I I really like its diminutive stature. Yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, a very Jana Yi pre-war car. It is. Look at it. it's all <laughs> space. It looks like the car um, that uh, Milo chases after in um, Atlantis. It very well could but be. <laughs> that yeah, one's maybe. a four four door though. Oh, oh. four door would have been looks, better. This is like based that. off a four door though. No, oh. you can put a four door chassis on it. Perfect. Um, anyway, so the engine on this, uh, depending on what year is made, is either a DAT uh, five hundred cc engine or a seven twenty five cc. I was gonna engine. say seven twenty two looks like in thirty three on this one or thirty five. Yeah, so they made fifteen horsepower on it. Nice. However, would have been pretty brisk. So Yuichi. Oda, the gentleman that designed the race cars, was competing against their race cars that were, ba- that were rebodied versions of this. Okay. And the Oda cars were, like, way faster at first. So Datsun made a dual red cam supercharged <clears throat> aluminum cylinder head to go on the 722cc uh, engine. Oh. Raised the power from 15 horsepower to 43 in oh. 1937. On a 722cc engine. What's the horsepower per liter on that? It is uh, to the 100th decimal point as powerful as a Bugatti Type 35. I don't care about the Type 35. Well, How many horsepower per liter? I, uh, I think it's like 0.75 or something. It's like 50. Yeah. It's like 50 horsepower oh, a liter. Yeah. No, sorry. How many liters per horsepower is what oh, I was doing? Man. But... No, it was it was fast enough. When Fapping they, intensifies. When they were racing at Tamagawa Speedway, yeah, uh, they would pull on Bugatti Type 35s, like in the corners. And the well, Type 35, how tiny it is. Well, the Type 35, because it had way more power, would only be able to pass it once it got around the corner, and once the Type 30, and then the Type 35s were usually like having to drift the corners to try to keep up with the Datsuns because that's how fast they were. Mm-hmm. It's all because is that where drifting came from. Kind of. Um, <laughs> it's, it's all because Yuichi Oda made a way more powerful car just by having shitloads of displacement on mm. top of the Datsuns. Now, after World War II, Oda goes out of business because they were like way more instrumental with making like fighter planes and stuff. Uh, so obviously, when the War Commission took over Japan, they're like, yeah, you're out. Uh, Nissan, you can stay because you can make school buses and like motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oda goes goes over to Nissan because they actually had a friendly rivalry, and he was like really good friends with them, and so they invite him in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nineteen fifty two, they make their first, uh, they make their first sports car after the war, and that was based off of kind of what the MGTDs were and stuff, the early MGs, sure. and it's called the Datsun DC three. Um, that made twenty horsepower. It could go forty three miles per hour. Boy, howdy. Um, Still looks pretty pre-war. I know, right? Uh, oh, this looks more pre-war than the pre-war car. I know. And no, actually, this looks like a Jeepster is what it looks like. It does, yes. <laughs> Anyway, so they made, like, precisely zero. Like, they made 50 of them. Like, it was just... It didn't wow. sell. Because, like, the, who's in 1952, Japan's still rebuilding. Like, you still can't live in, like, Hiroshima. Because it's an irradiated mess at this point. Yeah. So nobody's be buying a sports car, and nobody bought it. Um, fast forward, 1959, Japanese economy improves, and they release the S211 Sports 1000. Now this car 
has a direct pedigree, right? Japanese cars need shorter names. Well, I had to give you the chassis code. Uh, go click on that white one right there. This one? Yeah, that one. That was the one that Yuichi Oda designed. That was the direct earliest predecessor that 100% is completely connected to the Z car. You get that. That eventually turns into the sports, the Fairlady Roadsters and stuff. Um, Fairlady was named after uh, the designer's favorite, um, his, his favorite play. Which was? My Fairlady. Yeah, buddy. Um, uh, Yuichi Oda eventually, um, he eventually retires. Um, and come the S30, the Z card. Now we're finally talking about because I spent way too much time trying to explain who Oda was. Yeah, provenance is important, but kind of. It, it was. It's a weird fact, and I like talking about weird facts because there's like a lot. You, you can go anywhere and find out who designed the Z car. Like everybody knows it was Yoshi, Yoshihiko Matsuo. I mean, I knew that. Yeah. Yoshihiko Matsuo is my homie. Yeah. And then it was Yutaka Kadayama, Mr. K, who was the first president of Datsun of America. And, of that, course, the predecessor to Mr. Clean. He, he popularized the car. Now, that's the thing. They almost called the car. It's really common with Japanese brands to, like, have to rename cars, like, at the 11th hour because they just don't think about it. Like, Toyota was almost called the Toilette. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mr. K, uh, y- Yutaka Kadayama... Uh, petition Dotson to call the 240Z the 240Z and not the Fairlady Z because they wanted to be a sure. big, hairy sports car, not this dainty little girl's car, which is totally, totally fair. <laughs> lady. Like, well, w- would you buy... W- no, you said totally fair, and I said lady. Yeah. So. <laughs> Wait, what would you rather buy? An AMC Rebel, the machine, or the AMC Barbie dream car? AMC Barbie Dream Car. Probably the AMC Barbie Dream Car, but, but we I are mean, not a microcosm of the uh, buying <laughs> no, public. No, we're fine. Yeah. From that. <laughs> and so, yeah, in 1972, nobody's going to buy the AMC Barbie, Barbie Dream Car. They always buy the machines, so they call it the 240Z. It's a much better name. Um, anyway, it came with a inline six engine. Where, as mentioned previously, these other Datsuns like were far away from having 100 horsepower, and like the sports cars. Once it got to the Yuichi Oda sports cars, the S211 and up, mm-hmm. those could finally compete with the British Roadsters instead of being like laughed off the face of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so the face of the universe, wow. Yeah, the Woo. DC3, nobody knows or cares about it. It's it kind of sucks. Um, yeah, so these cars uh, eventually became a much better competitor. It was this car that put the British Roadsters out of business. It was more reliable. It was faster. It was more fun to drive. It had way better suspension. Colin Chapman from Lotus had he designed the original design that the suspension was based off of. Um, they were awesome. They were really really kick ass. And then you know what happens? Hmm. Emissions. Ah, and the gas crisis. Probably. And the gas crisis and just kind of fucked up everything in the world. Um, 240, no longer could keep up because now they put a, they'd have to put a catalytic. How could you say no to its face? I know it's really cute. Um, so they had to make the 260 for a couple of years. They made it a little bit, a little bit larger displacement to offset the catalytic converter. Um, it made you know, a, it was it's not as desired. It made 165 horsepower as opposed to 151, but it, people don't like it as much. Plus, it was gained like. You eventually got the big ugly bumpers, and you get the two plus two, which is like the most unfortunate roof ever. Yeah, it doesn't fit that chassis at all. No, we're not going to look at the two plus two. Then finally comes the two eighty Z, 
which is the last S30. The 280Z, um, you had the 2 plus 2. You had the rubber baby buggy bumpers on the front. It was awful looking. It had the Bosch L-Jetronic. Ugh. Yeah, it was really, really, really just... L-Jet's not good. Just the hottest form of hot mm. garbage in the history of hotness. Um, however, what's still nice about it is you can still take all the all the stuff off a of 240 and stick it onto it. Yeah, I mean, you can kind of... Still S30. Yeah. Yeah. The, the underlying platform is still there. Now, while they were doing this in Japan, they had the, they had the Fair Lady ZG. <laughs> Funny fact, we just looked at a 240Z. It sold for $33,000. The 280Z, $8,000. Meanwhile, in Japan, they were making a bunch of really cool stuff. They had the ZG, which had a really awesome aero front end. Um, Look at Fairlady ZG. This has been around since 1971 as a homologation model. Does it have the... Uh, oh, wow, that's cool. It's like yeah. a more slanty nose. This it's is probably round, a much more... Yeah, rounded front end, not as pointy. Very, very pretty. Hmm. Um, I've never even heard about that. Yeah, they were. is the Aerodyna nose, uh, which is a, a, like extended fiberglass and then acrylic glass headlight covers. Um, hmm. it, yeah, so G stood for grand... Um, which is for Grand Prix. You you could buy that. Um, you could buy all that stuff over the counter from Datsun. Hmm. You could. They could not put it on for you, but you could put it on. That's cool. Because the air, the headlight covers were probably not DOT legal. Yeah, technically not, but they could still sell it for off road use only. Um, <laughs> oh, I bought a lot of those parts. Exactly. Now, remember we were talking about the GTR, and they had that amazing S twenty engine. Yes. So they well, what about the GR eight engine though? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Fair Lady, uh, they made the Fair Lady Z432. This is the most desirable Z car that you could possibly buy, particularly the uh, 432R. Um, that was a Z car that housed the engine out of a GTR. Oh. And 432 means four <clears throat> valves per cylinder, three carburetors, and two camshafts. Oh, my. Yeah. A cross flow cylinder head. That is a very nice looking engine. Hand polished ports, uh, equal length headers. Like, it was a kick it's ass beautiful. engine. Yeah, it's really a work of art. Looks like I, a BMW M88. I, I love that engine so much. Um, <sighs> no Sotheby's. I don't care. I just want the engine picture. Lovely photos, though. Yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful Beautiful. Car. That's perfectly stocked, too. Yeah. So, that's just super cool. Look at cool. those headers. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this car's racing pedigree. Uh, you could use an entire episode to cover that. Everybody we won't be doing it. that, though. No, but in fact, we got about ten minutes to cover the rest of Z. Well, that's all right because this is kind of <laughs> nobody cares about the later ones. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we still have Z31 in there somewhere. You I, like that a lot. I know Z32s. I like a lot. Yeah. This so it's going to be like a three-part segment. Probably so, not. Anyway, but the, maybe uh, the racing pedigree of the the S30. If it wasn't won by a 510, it was won by an S30. That's the long and short of it. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, you had the S130, which was kind of like uh, the E21 3 Series. Uh, is that the 280ZX? Uh, yeah. Oh. No, no, let's 70, pull up a 280ZX, shall we? 78 to 83. Uh, actually, what I would say is um, look up... 280ZX Midnight Racing, because there was a very cool thing that was done with this car. 
or sorry, uh, Midnight Club. Sorry. Oh, there it came up. That's it, right there. Uh, is there any angle of this car that's acceptable? Um, I don't know. Yeah, right oh, there, right there. Man, this thing's ugly. Yep. Oh wow. Blew. 200 miles an hour. Yeah, I don't care. That's Street car. really ugly. I know we've, been, we've even talked about this specific car. Yeah. So um, that's basically the best that uh, 280ZX can get. Uh, kept the L-Series engine. L28 ET. It was turbocharged, fuel injected. Uh, this particular one was originally carbureted, and then they switched over to electronic fuel injection. Um, they're actually really kind of cool actually if you want a z car and you if you want to get into a z car for cheap you can get 280 zx 2 plus 2 automatic non-turbo for like two grand in perfect condition <laughs> or you can get a desirable well, one I yeah th- i mean maybe in the future it'll be worth something but i think it well i mean if you want to get into it because the thing is if you once you address the suspension you put in stiffer suspension because they soften the suspension up to make it more luxurious mm-hmm. once you put in stiffer suspension you put carburetors on it it drives just like an S30. Like, it's more or less the same car. It's an S3, but slightly modernized. And fatter. Yeah, it's it's a good car. If you want one to molest and beat the shit out of, this is the way to do it. <laughs> you get all the, everything you love mechanically yep. about the S30. Yeah, you get the L28 still. It's not a, a VG30 or whatever. And when, when you modify these, when you lower them, when you put the, the uh, ZG headlight covers on it, uh, and... They can look pretty good, actually. It's they're not like the best cars. Those are the acrylic headlight covers, by Indeed. the way. Indeed, but uh, they're by far the worst Z car. But they're, um, yeah. But it's one of those things where it's not necessarily a terrible car because it still had like as good of a racing pedigree as the uh, as the S thirty did per year. Because this is when Bob Newman was racing these. Uh, but he has is, great sauces. Yes, he does. Newman's um, own. Yeah. Uh, this car uh, eventually, yeah, it won a lot of stuff. It was really good. However, the Z31 300ZX outclassed the shit out of the car. Another thing that they did, note that the 280ZX mm-hmm. was not the same as the 280Z. Mm-hmm. X is when they went to a luxury GT platform. So they made them heavy and soft and cushy and sucky. Um, then we come to my favorite one. A soft, heavy, cushy 300? Yes, I know. It's frustrating, but it's very So what they car. did is they took a 280ZX, they replaced a straight six with a V6, and then they replaced all of the curves with rulers. Yes. Now, the 280ZX, mm-hmm. that, that L-series engine, yep. sucked at that point in time. Like, it was super long in the tooth. This is 1960s technology. Yeah, but the L28 is still a good engine. Oh, it is. You, that's an inline. It's a reversal cylinder head inline six. You can make three hundred horsepower on all motor, and it's a straight six. Yeah, like it's really cool. This one, yes, the American ones we got were V sixes. The V six sucks. It is Blech. possibly the ugliest engine ever made. And yeah, that, I'm not gonna say anything more about that. It was um, not terribly powerful. I mean, for the time, it was it was actually quite powerful for the time. <clears throat> I haven't scrolled down yet, but, but the Z thirty D the Z thirty two edition of the Nissan three hundred ZX isn't quite as collectible or as fast as the later Z thirty two. The Z thirty one, yeah. <clears throat> but they are considerably cheaper and look less like a Wagyu cow being fattened for slaughter. That is hilarious. That's exactly how I feel. Plus, um, 
I love the headlights on it. I really, I think this design's got a lot of really cool. I'm stuff glad going some people like the Z31 because I really don't. But um, the Z31, you had a 205 horsepower V6, which is actually the fastest. That was the turbo. That was the turbo one. Um, in Japan, they had ones that were even faster. I mean, you had a VG30DE for the 300ZR. Mm-hmm. You had an RB20 inline six in Japan, which is the 200. Oh, so much more cool. Yeah, the RB20 was way cooler. I don't know why we didn't get that. Like that would have made sense. Um, they had two plus two, which I hate all of the two plus twos. They are all disgusting looking. Uh, but the car was actually so fast that in Japan uh, they started setting rules for how much power a car can make in Japan. And oh, was that where the 276 came the, from? The, yeah, the 276 horsepower. Yeah. It came from the Z31, uh, <laughs> and then the Z32 being way faster than that. And they're like, "All right, stop! Like, <laughs> you have to go. You can only That's make so much power." Yeah. Um, the car was a relatively hefty uh, 2,800 pounds, whereas like the you know 10 years ago, you're looking at 800 pounds less. But you also had like electronic voice alerts and stuff like that, and a lot of really cool stuff that they did with it. Um, <laughs> if you're looking for one of these, by all accounts, go for the pre-facelift. After the facelift, it looks so much better as the no, facelift. Yes, the, it the does. facelift. It, no, it looks like a 240Z that's been stung by a bee. I mean, a 240SX. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. It looks like a 240SX that's been stung by a bee. Yeah, but that's better than just rulers. No, because the this is what it's I'm, the same thing between the arrow front and the four eyes on the Fox body. We're no, just going to disagree. No, because the rear end looks terrible. I, I agree. The rear end is worse than the, the newer the, one. The, the, rear the rear end on the facelift is awful, yeah. but the rest of the car looks so much better and the interior is so much better the interior is way better i will give you that the interior is significantly better on the face if you could put the rear end from an early body on the rest of an late body car i'd be okay with no because you got the goofy front end the goofy front end won't fit the rest of the car anyway so yeah the the post facelift uh while is significantly uglier you did have the shiro special which is the highest performance one and that was the one that caused them to go okay we need to limit a lot of this performance that's happening because it's just turning into a horsepower war. Now, 1990 comes along, and now you've I think got... it was 89, wasn't it? Well, yeah. 1990 production okay. year. Well, model 89 year. year, but 99 model year. 99. 90, you know what I mean. 89 production, 99 model. You know what I mean. Ah! Yeah. Anyway, I want you to take over from here because the Z32 I find vastly uninteresting. So everywhere the Z31 US spec cars, especially the facelift, were deficient. The Z32 300ZX that replaced it was not. This car true. was wholly modern. It had a brand new engine, VG30DE twin cam, and VG30DETT twin cam and twin turbo. 280 both horsepower. Awesome, awesome, awesome engines. However, both ridiculously hard to maintain. And made of glass. They, yeah. They require all of the maintenance, and that's why you don't really see them. But I mean, much, they make yeah. great power. They're strong, but they, yeah, if you, if you don't maintain them, they're done. And, like, swapping out turbos on them is almost impossible. Things like yeah. that. So they're very hard to maintain. But the thing is, they were um, these cars were in the nineties, yeah. like the Japanese car to have. Like where the Supra was seen yeah. as ugly, like this one is seen as beautiful. This one was which classy. I concur. Yeah. And the headlights on this car were also used on the Diablo. Diablo. Yes. Yep. Now the Z thirty two is like a very very modern looking and modern technology car. I mean, Super Hikus, yeah. four wheel steer. Uh, I mean the. I, I won't dig into the VG30 DETT, but the the amount of technologies that that engine brought to the U.S. market in a production capacity, 
the uh, the power per liter. I mean, just I mean, this car won comparisons against the Mark IV Supra. It won against the FDR X7. Oh, won against everything because yeah. it was just uh, in a lot of ways better. And but the a... ZX kind of it took it down because it wasn't necessarily the 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 performance car focus. Is it was a Grand Tour, especially when you get to the fatter two plus two NA and things like yes. that. But because well, you have to understand like these, you know, two plus two twin turbo with T tops is thirty six hundred pounds. Yeah, that's that's a porker. That's hefty. Yeah, but by it's still a nineties car though. Ninety oh no, it, don't get me wrong, it's still a great fast car. It's amazing. Um, and actually, the and the car, later JDM Fairlady Z models and all that were just beautiful. Yeah, and they not only that, they also had like a racing pedigree, like the Z31 and the 280ZX, w- was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the ZX name at this point, by having two models that were trying to stack up with the S30s, yeah, um, it really hurt this car a lot with the desirability. I mean, nowadays they're flying through the roof in value yeah the like a clean na like a u.s market twin turbo t-top two-seater yeah. oh yeah good luck through the roof yeah. good luck even that's, a clean na two-seater is uh, ridiculous that's a 30 to forty thousand mm-hmm. dollar car all day long and going up and six years ago nine grand yeah maybe for like a, the nicest one nine yeah. grand no absolutely so when we were talking to brian janish last time i asked him about the jdm import ones and that's i seriously think that's a good play right now yeah that would really really a twin really turbo be. five speed two seat 300 zx C32. yes and i believe so. this is actually the last car that um that paul uh, newman was able to race for bob sharp racing i believe that yeah i think it was yeah is this one uh because then he he retired and he made that V8 Volvo for having fun in um, <laughs> the the Volvo. V- what's that local? I think it's a 740 wagon. That's yeah. a V8 Alvo license plate. <laughs> I guess a 302 or whatever. But um, so another thing that oh, nobody ever really talks about, but Jun Blitz. So Jun and Blitz. Yeah. Uh, they got together and they made the Bonneville Z32, which holds a class record uh, set in 1995. Still holds it. That's oh I didn't know there were any records that still held at 260 miles per hour. But I mean there's a uh, that's not a Monterey. What uh, what are those uh, I, uh, IMSA 300 ZXs? Yeah. Like those were really successful in racing. I mean the car has a lot of pedigree. And then Jun also uh, their first going with a Z32 in 1990 mm-hmm. off the bat, <laughs> 210 miles per hour at the, the Yatabi. They Test just, course. It jammed some golf tees in the wastegates and just let her rip? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then that same car, uh, they hit 231 in Bonneville. Oh, my Lanta. Yes. It is. That, it's worth mentioning that the, the uh, Z32 is, I think, one of the more aerodynamic shapes. It was like it, the first car to beat the 8 Series in aerodynamics. Well, so the Z31, when yeah. that came out, was... Mm-hmm. The Z31, when it came out, was the most aerodynamic car of the 1980s. Okay. It I was beaten... By well, production car, I should say, uh, it was beaten by the Subaru XT6. Oh God! <laughs> which actually, I know it's weird, but that car is actually su- that car is slippery as hell. It's because it's probably so small. No, it's the Subaru designed airplanes. So like, even though it's all angular, all the angles feed into each other. They don't have any like <laughs> they don't have any like things that are like full. Well, like, that explains why it's so ugly. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, I think it looks cool as hell. But you I mean, know what? Yeah. The car I bet's really aerodynamic. Mm. The Lancia Gamma. Yeah, I think that one was too, actually. 
Whereas like, but when like these cars are using aerodynamics, like in a big way, cause they were, they were only allowed to make this red gentleman's agreement comes in, which they, were, they all blatantly ignored and just said, yeah, it makes two seventy six. Yeah. The, and they make like three twenty. Yeah. Like but, the two uh, J, the VG 30 D E T T, the 13 B turbo, six, the six G 73. Yeah. Um, they all did it. Uh-huh. Uh, none of the, I think Honda's the only one that's like, Hey guys, <laughs> Yeah, they you had said like 276. They had the C30 and the NSX, and it's making like at 80, 8100 RPM, it's making like 275.9. Yeah, <laughs> something like, like, come on. And they're just like being, they're being the good guy. Yeah. Like Honda's, they're taking the high road. Honda's over here being lawful good, and everybody else is just chaotic evil. <laughs> um, I bet ni- late 90s Japan would have been a fun place to hang around. But what, what's interesting is because these cars set the 280 mile per hour or horsepower. Uh, limit. That's why all these Japanese cars in the '90s had such cool tech, like four-wheel steering, four-wheel drive. And all right, they're trying the to edge somebody else out. Six-speed transmissions and yeah. the 13B rotor just existing. And this it's because you're trying to edge out your competition. Yep. You can't just go and like make. Oh yeah, we made an R5 horsepower. No, an R5 horsepower. And then the cars end up weighing like eight thousand pounds and making like twelve hundred horsepower, and they're all going one hundred fifty-five miles an or hour. Or even that, like a special edition for racing where it is a lightweight but still the same engine and yeah. things like that. So yeah, so that... these these guys were actually like trying to like out make out race each other. And um, engineering and problem solving was fun, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And then and with that, you would have these cars that on the factory engines you could now take him out racing and be even more powerful. So, like, the Z31, that uh, VG30ET, yeah. uh, when you had those at full, like, boost, they'd make a 1,000 horsepower of a V6, a single recamp V6. Yeah, I think the the blocks are almost, if not identical, to the DETT. Yeah, so they are. They're, yeah, they're very they, close. They're super robust. The iron, yeah, the bottom end is not an issue on those. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just top-end stuff. But... Um, yeah, the 300ZX and uh, the 94 uh, 24 Hours in Le Mans was first in GTS class, fifth overall. I mean, that car... And that was a 90s turbocharged production car. Yeah. And those weren't supposed to be reliable. No, and they were out here with a turbocharger winning Le Mans when right. everybody else using a V12. <laughs> no, everyone else has got an NA engine, and they're swapping an engine out in hot pit. Yeah, no, everybody's got NA V12s that grabbed, like, 3,000 RPM, <laughs> and they're, yeah, they're having to, like, swap them out real quick, and, like... Nissan's like, yeah, we just got an engine on a Maxima, and it works fine. Like. We just <laughs> we took the Maxima engine, we just made some better cylinder heads for it, and we put these new tur- turbo? Tur- turbos. turbos on it, and the thing is, it's great. Now, there was, after the 300ZX, we lost him for a while, uh, and the reason was the Japanese economy crashed in 1990. Hmm. Uh, the bubble economy burst. All these really cool cars that we see in the 90s. Like the XJ220. Well, the Japanese ones, I should say. Yeah, but they bought most of the XJ220s yeah. and then just sat. Yeah, exactly. But a lot of these, that's why, you know, the if you see these cars in the 90s, they are static mm-hmm. with production. They were, and that's why I think 80s cars are so much more cool because each car was getting more and better. It was just better and better and better. Uh, yeah. And the 90s ones are stagnating. It mm-hmm. was like a medieval era. Which they were still, you know, competitive worldwide, but in Japan there was no reason to improve them. That's the thing. It's like, well, that's the thing. In Japan, the eighties, like Japan, in the eighties, were thirty years ahead of time, and we are now at a point where Japan has to make new tech. Thirty is a bit ambitious. Twenty to thirty. Twenty, I could maybe see. But I'm talking about like in 1980, 
like yeah. 1980 to 1990, 2000 to 2010. It was like the, the late 2000s when I started actually yeah. producing new tech again, really. I'd say 20 years. So 1980 anyway. to 2000, maybe. That's what I'm saying. You said 30 to 2010. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. But th- what I meant to say was by, yeah, by, 2000, by 2000, they were actually they were relevant. Mm-hmm. And then by 2010, they actually had to start producing new stuff. That's what I was trying oh, to say. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, so like, they could make it. An so they extra, could rest on their laurels that You could long, rest on your right. laurels okay. for about a decade. You're sure. so far ahead. For sure. And they, that's why these cars I thought were so cool in the 80s. Is like In the 90s, like I think they're cool. Don't get me wrong. But like it was done at that point. Like, cool. Your economy's already crashed. So like mm-hmm. how like that was those cars were created out of a panic right. in the nineties. Because <laughs> they're like, shit, we put all of our money into making sports cars. We just Oops. We dumped so much money into the three hundred ZX and nobody's buying it and we need to get bought out by Renault. I mean, and that's actually what happened. Oh geez. Well, at least Renault gave us the Avant time. Yes. But that's also Which? why we didn't see the Z car for a few years was because they almost went out of business because of how they made these. Here's a fun hypothetical for you. <clears throat> Which thing almost did Nissan in more? The Japanese economic crash or the Avant time? <laughs> oh, it's the economic crash. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But, but still funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> but it was, uh, do you still love the oven time? The, the economy totally crashed and this car as amazing as it was, should have been able to keep on going, but the, the bottom was pulled out from under it. Which is why we didn't get the car its entire run. No, it didn't. And that's why the Z32 was discontinued in 2002. We had to well, wait. we we got it. We stopped in '96, well, and it was I'm, discontinued I'm, worldwide. No, too. That no, it's two two thousand. It was discontinued worldwide. We did. We stopped getting them in 1996. I know that. Right, but I'm saying you, you said they were discontinued. No, too. It's worth mentioning that we did not get them anywhere. Th- no, it's anywhere near that. I I know. I, I should say, yeah, it is worth mentioning that. But they were discontinued. Which is why, if you look at it from our country's perspective, it's like okay, we, we had, got a new car in 1990, and then we had to wait until 2003. Yeah, so but the rest of the world waited thir- nothing. Yeah, basically. we had to wait 13 years for this car. And, and it's because Z33. Z33, the 350Z. When this came out, I remember getting all the pamphlets from the auto show, and I saw this exact touring in the orange. I'm like, 287 horsepower. That's amazing. Yeah, that was awesome. I want that. The cool like space ball shift boot and the touring package and oh, everything. Oh, super there. And then now all of them have been turned into drift missiles. I think that the 350Z. Yeah. Is that car is as two thousands y as the Z thirty one was as as much as the Z thirty one. Hundred percent agree. Yeah. Hundred percent. You know, there there's certain cars that just perfectly represent an era, like yeah. Maserati. Like every every Maserati Quattroporte perfectly represents the design of the time. Yep. And so does the Z car. I pretty much agree. Yeah. The seventies cars, early seventies, awesome. Late seventies. The worst, worst car ever. <laughs> um, 80s cars. Angular. Angular. Technology showcases. Yeah. Really cool. Like, if you're into that, like, it's love mm. or hate. There's Angular, no they're there's, Angular tech showcases. There's nobody that feels meh about an 80s car. You either love it or you hate it. Okay. The 90s cars, same Again, thing. 90s tech, yeah. Super 90s. 90s mm-hmm. Looks like it was designed on a Dreamcast. This <gasps> looks yeah. like it came out of a MySpace page. Yeah. It, <laughs> I like that. It looks like it was conceived to be tested on the first season of the new Top Gear. Yes. yes. 
That's what it was it's for. A, it's in a 2003 color. It's a 2003 style. It's got 2003 wheels and brakes. With a 2003 shift now. And a 2003 backdrop. Yep. <clears throat> Shot on a 2003 camera. Yep. That's 2003. And I can see the 2003 tripod in the door or something, too. But Oh, my God, you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, I, I really liked the 350Z when it came out. Uh, I'm a lot more lukewarm on it now just because of the demographic that owns them and what's happening to most of them. Well, that's also, again, how these cars age is you... Right, but, like, I don't, I didn't see a lot of really clapped out 300ZXs. It, C31 I think or if Z32. you want to get in on a really, really... Skookum car. Do what my friend Maxwell did. Get a 350Z Nismo. I would say get... ass body kit on that car. Get any bone stock unmolested 350Z six-speed. Well, the Nismo part... If you you want to see special editions, they're actually worth getting. That are like, you can tell a special edition from a not special edition. 350Z Nismo. Just type in Nismo after that. That's what I was doing. Uh, I'm going to close some of these tabs here. Yeah. Um, that Speed Hunters one so is pretty close. Uh, yeah, or, or the white one actually is a great example of it. That thing is so ugly. Yeah, but that's the one that's be worth all the money because it made mm. fifteen hundred of them. Oh, then yeah, if you can find one of those, do that. Maxwell got his. He's modified and everything, but he's like not drifting it or anything, and he's leaving every single thing he's done. As long to as he has the stock off. parts. Yep, he's got them. Every single one's in a little plastic like. Those little computer bag things that are the non-static, ba- anti-static bags. If I ever bought one, I would buy that exact car. A gold Touring six-speed. It's copper. Whatever. Copper. Copper. But no. I, specifically the Touring with the manual, because it was not common at all. No, that that's a very, very sought-after car. It, it's kind of like with the Z31s, just because I know these. Yeah. The ones to get is you either get the 25th Anniversary Edition, which would be the equivalent to the Nismo, because it's got the body kit on it and everything. Or you get the one with the leather interior, the digital dashboard, the manual transmission, a turbo, and a, a uh, two-seater configuration with T-tops. Yeah. Yep. That's the way to get it. <laughs> uh, you, there, there is undoubtedly a configuration you want to buy yeah, out of these. Yeah, you, you, you so. spec out the best one you can with the most performance stuff on it, or you get the Nismo. Or the rarest. Yeah, which There's, is the Nismo. You know, just the, yeah, the scarcest production. All right, let's briefly touch on Z34. Z34 was... Really, kind of, it felt like a carryover. The Z34. Yeah, it felt me, like a facelift. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like it, the Z34 is kind of like the Z32, but uh, not as good. When you Google a car's chassis and you have a hard time finding a stock unmolested stop, photo. Stop, one second. This is my problem with the Z34. No, 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 no. Go up. Go up to the convertible. That one right there, the convertible. Look how that thing horrific that rear end looks. It, it looks like a cross cab that they lowered. Weird. It came out around the same time as a cross cab. <laughs> uh, it did the weird, goofy, floopy headlight. It is just, that is everything that I dislike. Again, in that modern it is car design. completely of the era in yeah. 2009. Super heavy, super tech heavy, <laughs> annoyingly performs better than anyone ever before. It's, For, oh, I hate this car. First so production much. car to have Synchro Rev Match uh, manual. That's actually kind of cool. There you go. Um, it's got this disgusting, unnecessary headlights, <laughs> unnecessary body. I cannot work. tell how Ryan feels about the Z34. For the record, the one thing I like about the Z34 is that roof line <laughs> finally makes sense again. But you still have too short of a nose. And I still think it's a facelift 350Z. <laughs> it's got a better roof line. The better the roof line's way better uh, than the 350Z. 
Um, oh shoot. Yeah, because the three fifty Z droops down, then goes. It just looks more at, at the back. You mean? Yeah, just at the back. Yeah, the the tail end of the three fifty Z always looked a little awkward to me. And that like, looks This is much better. more staunch. But that's the thing is, it's ruined by everything else. I I would take a three fifty over a three seventy. Yeah, I sure. would. I concur, hundred uh, percent. And it's easier to get a factory LSD on a three uh, three fifty. Yeah, and the three really easy these days. The three seventy has been around for a decade. Ten years. They've changed nothing. Carl's going to need to do shit with it. And now he's in he had, prison. Yep, they had they had no competition. The Super was dead. The RX Seven was oh, dead. Sorry, the SX was, was dead. Everything ah. was dead. Oh shoot! So what did I do. What ah. Were, ah ah ah. What were, what were you going to do? Like, buy something other than a 370Z if you're looking for a Japanese sports car? Like, you can get this. There weren't any. Or you could get a Evo or a STI. At the time, you had this. And then in 2013, I think, the BRZ? Yeah. 20, yeah, 2013, 2012-ish. Right. Yeah. Is it, like, literally. You had th- three years. If you wanted a Japanese rear-wheel drive manual car, that is the only thing you could or buy. Or a Miata. Okay, fine. But or the Miata. thing is, the is the correct response. But the thing is, the Miata... A BRZ is just... I'm going to call that a Miata. You, d- you don't consider the Miata on the same level that you consider this. Even though the Miata is better. Fact. It is better, yeah. If you wanted a Japanese GT car, you got this or a G35. I would get the G35, but I mean, I w- like... <sighs> that demographic's even worse. Oh, it's awful. The you people that own people. G35 coupes. There, I've, met, I've met a lot of really, really good people in that community, but there are so many weenies in that community. I get it. It's like the LX platform community. It's the same group of people. The only thing that I'm thankful for is that my dad had like the most desirable. Yeah, G35. it was a four door manual. But it's a four door Nismo. I didn't know it was Nismo. Yeah, a Nismo body kit on it, which is. It's so anybody would talk shit, I'd be like, Nismo, get out of here. And they go, oh, oh, hi, son. <laughs> but I mean, like. Jesus. That's the thing. I really want the. I want. I'm excited for a new Z car. There I, I needs hope to be a new one every year of wanting a new one. I do hope they trim some fat. They drop the X, or don't bring the X back. Rather, yeah. Sure, call it a 300Z. I don't care. Yeah, trim trim the fat. Call it a 300Z. Make a sports car. Make it 3150 pounds curb weight. Put a how much? Liter. How much does this one weigh? Oh God, let's find out. Z34 370Z curb weight. I'm not, I'm not look as well. Oh. Just to verify. Uh, that is a lot lighter than I thought it was. 3232. Like just says. Huh. That can't be right. Click on the Wikipedia article. Okay. 2009 through present. That I was expecting that to be more, more pounds. You'll get a Leaf Z and you'll like it. They're not gonna. Are they gonna make the Z electric? No, they won't. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep. Fourteen sixty-six kg. That is a lighter car than I thought it was. Let me verify this. I'm just looking at my phone. Yeah, because your phone is better than my computer. I'm sure. I'm just verifying. Well, I'm using a different search engine. Uh, okay, it is lighter than most 350Zs. You could get a base 350Z at 3188, which is wow. really reasonable. Oh, the Roadster was 3602. Have fun with your Dodge Charger. Anyway. So um, that weighs. Beauty. That, that weighs how many, how many pounds? Which one? The 370? How many, how many tons? 
The 370? Yeah, 370. The 370 was like 3182. One so it's one and a half. Yeah. Okay, I just saw it here, and it says it was um, 7.3476 uh, to the 22nd power kilograms. <laughs> I don't think you... Scroll up a little bit. That's a, That's the moon... That is not a 370Z. <laughs> oh, that's you a typed typo. it in wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it seemed a little weird. Anyway. And on so, that note, we're not going to learn anything interesting this week because we. Jana, have... did you learn anything interesting at all? Quick. Real quick. Uh, you have five seconds. Four. No, three. I didn't learn two, anything new this week. One. Ryan, did you learn anything interesting this three. week? Five. Yeah. Four. Osiris Three, always has an erection. Two, Whenever he's one, depicted, he always has an erection because he's happy to be alive. Sounds good. Um, Should I get the bagpipes? You shall get the bagpipes. I will get the bagpipes. I didn't learn fuck all interesting. That's my one F-bomb. We will catch you guys next week. Thanks, as always, for watching.